We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. It was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous children and victims of Canada's residential school system. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must end the cycle of oppression while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Welcome to Permastoke. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, environmentalists, filmmakers, musicians, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts, while also being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoked is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear today. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing or stand up paddleboarding. Get away to Ontario's magnificent Bruce Peninsula, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced sub courses private lessons, tours, subsurfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy.
this episode, I chat with star of When the Waves Call, Blake Meisinger, about surfing the Great Lakes with his dad, philosophy, music, and of course, the making of When the Waves Call, which is available on Vimeo at www.vimeo.com slash 849-23342. This episode was recorded on April 6, 2021, and may contain coarse language that could be deemed offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Blake Meisinger, welcome to the Permastoke Podcast, dude. How are you, man? I'm great, Derek. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And I am doing great, man. It is great to have you here, dude. I uh, I realize I'm talking to a Great Lake surfer. But I'm talking to a Great Lakes surfer in California. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a kind of used to surf the Great Lakes and now I'm surfing out here. So, wow. Amazing. So I just watched a movie today called When the Waves Call. I believe it was produced in 2014. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So you were a bit younger then. It looked like you were kind of a kid living at home with mom and dad type of thing. Yeah, I was a senior in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had awesome hair, by the way. Not that your hair is bad now. It's funny you say that. <laughs> I used to I actually just, just recently cut my hair. Okay. I had long hair from that point up until now, up until like a couple of weeks ago, I cut it. Oh, wow. Your hair looks kind of red, but in the video, it was very blonde. What's your natural, man? I think it's my my mom has red hair, although I've never actually seen it maybe naturally red, but definitely oh, okay. red on, on her side. And uh just being out in the sun all the time, it just turns blonde. Oh, so okay, that, yeah. Because you had a real like surfer mop, like traditional surfers mop top in the uh in the video. I think anybody who goes out in any water or any sun, it it'll it'll probably bleach, you know, it'll probably That's turn true. Yeah. light. Unless you got nothing, man. Well, you got the beard, though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe get some blonde in the beard this summer. You're right. So, dude, tell me, kid, you are from Wisconsin, is that right? Yep, I grew up in. I was I was born in Madison. Okay. And I grew up in Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, how far of a drive was that to the beach? Your surf uh, spot. Well, that was. That was close to the end of Door County. Um, there was multiple spots in that film. Some of that's kind of a compilation footage of um, people that that weren't like maybe credited as the filmmakers. Oh, okay. But that was, yeah, that was senior year of high school. And my parents were kind enough to let me, uh, you know, hitch a ride with some friends up to that that spot. And instead of going to school, I got to surf all day and meet the filmmakers. And and there was also um, another day that we went up to, to Sh 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 Sheboygan, where uh, we surfed uh, with some like you know GoPro kind of mounts on the board. Yeah. And, uh, so so a couple of notable characters not in the film were Lee and Larry Williams. Were those sure. ever guys you crossed paths with so out in Sheboygan? Yeah, I got to hang out with them quite a bit um, <laughs> and everything. They sort of stopped surfing quite as much. Oh, okay. Um, towards the end, there was a lot more kind of like hanging out by the beach and seeing them at Dairyland and stuff like that. 
But yeah. I searched quite a bit, uh, Larry and Lee, and um, I noticed in uh, one of your podcasts, you mentioned their book. Yeah, Some Like It Cold, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool book. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, Larry and Lee are super cool guys. There's a whole bunch more, though, that the uh, older crew there are super, super cool. As with lots of great like surfers, what happens is they'll, and maybe what happened to you too, is you end up on the ocean and you mm. kind of realize, or for whatever reason, you end up back on the lakes, maybe because you realize that the ocean isn't necessarily better. You know, like, like personally speaking, I, I surfed a lot on the Great Lakes. Like I yep. would surf literally months every single day where we would drive you know between different spots just to just to get small waves wow and um yeah it's the, it's the it's the the sort of thing where like like where i live now there's technically big waves and there's big swell but it's been over a month since i've surfed because i don't have a car i don't i don't have mm. the same connections with covid it's it's sort of weird to share cars with people that are sort of outside of your quarantine you know and yeah. so different aspects of surfing whereas on the great lakes there's kind of this you know there's a like like you mentioned there's you know you you, you brought up a lot of different aspects of the great lake surfing scene that I'll, I'll i'll try to speak to all of them but one of them is that there are a lot of people that like for example i'm i'm kind of one of them i'm not on social media uh, very much at all except for maybe like youtube you know mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily social media Although it is, but it was um, funny when you found the podcast, it's like you found it six months after it had come out, but you were so stoked about it. <laughs> that's, that's maybe a testament to your, um, brand or your idea kind of coming through to, to, to people mm. that don't have direct access to a Facebook link or cause you know, I'll, I'll type in great, like surfing, whatever. And, and your, your, uh, you know, podcast and your videos came up. So, mm, okay there's like there's some other there's some other people that that since i've left have gotten really into documenting it and i think that's mm. really great yeah and to speak to the localism thing and the people protecting their spots and all of this i fully respect that i mean the bottom line is there's waves that aren't surfed often mm. and and there's people that you know just like anywhere else that i've been that they don't have anything else. That's what they've got is those mm. good waves. And it doesn't matter necessarily. Like some waves can't handle crowds. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. But the bottom line is <clears throat> if you're willing to drive, you know, like they, people will, will, will sort of throw, throw this out when they're talking about the Great Lakes, but there's more coastline than the East and the West Coast combined, you know? Mm. Yep. So if you go on Google Earth, you'll notice there's plenty of waves, you know? So like, for me, it's like, I was always kind of into finding uncrowded waves. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to find someone at a good wave, that's really exciting. Like, it's kind of scary to surf alone, you know? Like um, one of my home breaks in uh, Milwaukee at, at Water Beach, okay. there's, there's a shipwreck offshore. And when mm. I was little, that like scared me. I was like tripped yeah. out about this shipwreck just for whatever reason. The idea of like a shipwreck out there was kind of scary. So even on the ocean, you know, like it's just nice to surf with people. So for me, like I don't have any problem with surfing with people, but I've seen spots go from nobody and really good waves 
to a bunch of people that aren't necessarily that are that are endangering people you know mm, so there's yeah. definitely sides to that definitely another part of the movie that's really cool man is just seeing how you and your dad surf together so yeah. tell me about how you even got into surfing man T take us through that journey well when i was little i was really interested in sort of like wildlife and birds and stuff like that and my dad was very supportive of pretty much anything I was into, you know, skateboarding, skiing, like whatever it was, both my parents were very supportive, which was awesome. And um, so we got a, a kayak and, and, and some like, you know, two kayaks and a canoe. And that, that kind of became like, we'd, we'd go out to rivers and stuff. And one time we, we, we had this idea that because we, we lived right next to the M Milwaukee River. Okay. Our boats down to the river and we had stashed like a go-kart at the beach and we paddled mm -hmm. down the river, out the, the bay, you know, out the breakwater. And it was like, there was some swell out there. I, I, you know, it was kind of scary. <laughs> and the Milwaukee breakwater, it's like this this big, you know, just like any breakwater where if you tip, you, you you're going to get, you know, pushed into the breakwater. So it was sort of this like realization, like, oh, there's like an ocean here, you know? Mm, yeah. And we ended around the water treatment plant at um, the beach and like walked our kayaks home, you know? So that was kind of the first time I'd ever noticed Lake Michigan. Okay. And we started just taking the kayaks down to the beach, hoping there was waves, like without mm. even knowing about all of that okay i also kind of had in the back of my mind this seed planet um my neighbor glenn vike uh he surfs just like from just knowing about it and living in hawaii and stuff like that so i kind of had this knowledge and i i had seen people at the beach surfing so i kind of knew you could do it okay i caught a couple waves on the kayak just like kind of improvising with a boat yeah. How old would you have been at this time? That's a good question. I was probably like 13 or something. 14, oh, okay. Maybe younger. Maybe like, I don't know, like 12. And around that same time, I was in uh, Massachusetts where my aunt lives. Okay. And my dad was like, hey, we should go rent boards, try out surfing. I was like, okay. So we went down to... Kennebunk, Maine, I think it's called, just some, some random spot on the East Coast. And, and, and I took surf lessons, but it was like very natural for me for some reason. Mm. And I was just like immediately hooked. Like that was that was yeah. the first time that I really stood up on a board. And then we went back to uh, Great Lakes and I was definitely like, I was into skateboarding. So it was just a natural cycle of kind of... Yeah. I, you know, I want to go surfing. I want to go surfing. <laughs> and so we went up to EOS, Sheboygan, got some boards, started surfing, went down to the Third Coast Surf Shop and got some more boards. And then it was just kind of everything I thought about. I didn't have any other like real, real passions. I, you know, I was enjoying music or whatever it was, but I was just into surfing mm -hmm. constantly on surf forecasts. And so it kind of went from like 
where I was interested in like, you know, like I said, birds, I was just obsessed with birds and like getting up early and going for a hike, you know? Oh, wow. And then it became like, get up early and go surf whenever I could before school, you know? Mm. And like I said, my dad was super supportive. So we, he, he would take off work sometimes and we would go like all like, you know, the, the whole entire weekend we'd be gone. So kind of became all encompassing. Yeah. So your dad, his surfing origin story was at the same time as yours then? You guys were literally developing your skills together? Yeah, I don't even know if if he had any... I mean, basically, he had surfed once in Waikiki. He had stood up. Okay. Like a really good swimmer, but, but he was on a vacation once on Oahu mm. and got, you know, got to surf once. And I think just he had a history of, like with his dad like hunting and stuff like that oh, okay so he kind of enjoyed the aspects of hunting that weren't like shooting the actual gun you know yeah and yeah I think the, the downtime the... just go out in nature and sur- i mean surfing as far as like something to do it's pretty it's a pretty um engaging activity i mean it's mm-hmm. it's like your you, your whole entire life can be just looking for waves you know yeah which is great yeah, absolutely. It, you're right, though, man. It really takes over. Like, and yeah. why do you why do you think that is? Why is surfing out of everything so consuming? Versus, like, why didn't you just continue bird watching like crazy? Like, why does surfing reshape everything for us? Well, I think for, for me, a lot of it was like, I, I really enjoyed jumping off of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like slacklining, climb the highest tree, you know what I mean? Like, and I think it gives you that direct connection to something that isn't necessarily like human. Yeah. And it's sort of a wave, like you, you ever hear, hear people say like fire qualifies for all the, all the aspects of something that's living, you know? You ever heard that? No, explain. Well, it just, I, I can't think of all the aspects, but I've heard people say that like uh, fire is sort of like something that's living, you know, and like, you okay, can, yeah. It can die and it, and it has its own heat and all this stuff. Mm. I feel like a wave is sort of a perfect, you know, like uh, Timothy Leary said it's the highest evolution of like human sport. And I, I think that's true. I mean, mm. there's a lot, there's a lot of like, the actual wave itself there's something about it visually i think like yeah. something about waves that are just so beautiful that the idea that you could get out there and get inside of a wave or swim under one like it just becomes mm-hmm. and then the other thing is that's really important to think about is that you know like um well you know well <laughs> there's this this um other saying ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny which is kind of like this, like this, this whole kind of idea about as you are born, you pass through all the processes of evolution of the actual being, like a human being, through like the mammal phase and like through the actual fish phase, you know? Okay. Wow, this is getting deep, man. Holy, okay. I feel like when you're in the water, mm. you're, you're kind of like consciously going back in the water, sort of like mm. a whale, like whales used to be land animals, you know? Oh, I see. 
So it's like reconnecting with uh, some deep rooted ancestry and uh, yeah, I got you. You know, it feels really good because we used to swim around, you know, Mm. and, and then most of all, I think it's like a water slide. So it's like adrenaline and Mm. I, I like adrenaline, anything that mountain biking, like skiing, snowboarding, anything like that. I think people will, will, you know, spend their whole lives looking for that, you know. I like this notion you brought up though, Blake. It's not <laughs> that people are discovering waves and water. It's that people are actually reconnecting with yeah. waves and water. You're right. This was something that traditionally we would have been, you know, much more dependent on the seas and the waves and the weather patterns. And in our modern day age, one can go their entire life without even seeing a body of water um, fairly without consequence. So, yeah, that is a really, I really like that, no? It's just you against the, I mean, people always say it's like, I mean, I've come close to essentially dying surfing. Mm-hmm. No one's going to save you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're out there. It's, it's like, a, you know, like I've gotten really into music lately and that's what I went to school for. And if you fall with music, it's like socially awkward or it sounds wrong or whatever, you know, but with oh, surfing, like if you, if you fumble the chords or something. Okay. Yep. But with surfing, it's kind of like you're, it's like this dance with, with danger, you know, it's like free climbing or something. There's this other aspect where you're, you're kind of accepting when you go out that you might not come in, you know? especially with big waves especially on the great lakes when it's blowing you know the great lakes i think people underestimate them but it's the same thing you know it's the same thing as the. and the other thing is that people have been shredding people have been getting barreled for a long time and Mm. i think people don't people kind of like prior or or emphasize like modern performance surfing Mm. but really like people have been getting inside the wave and all that stuff for long time i mean there's just not any proof of it you know but that's yeah. been people have done you know so yeah and not necessarily in a traditional surfboard but some type of surfing craft for sure yeah or just body surfing too you know? yeah so i find it really fascinating at the end of when the waves will call they're sort of asking you you know, Blake, so are you going to be on the Great Lakes forever type of a thing? And and you very, very freely say, well, I don't know. You know, there's California and there's these other places with consistent waves. And I find that really interesting that you said that because, yeah, you're right. You brought up a few minutes ago about myself and coming back to the lakes. And you're right. So many people have went to the ocean expecting you know, surfing every day, riding the big waves, and then kind of reality sets in that there are these barriers. In your case, it's, you know, lack of transportation. Uh, In my case, it was living on the mainland in BC. It's quite quite a costly endeavor to go to the island and take the ferries and and all these kind of things. So one does kind of get drawn back to the Great Lakes, I think, in terms of uh, some of it has to do, I think, with the simplicity of it, you know, the ability to uh, even park your car 
at the beach. I mean, this is something that even in California is really difficult to do, right? Um, but you know as well as I do, in the Great Lakes, there are some spots that there's literally nobody there except you. So I think that there are some very special, unique uh, gifts from the Great Lakes that I think maybe go unappreciated sometimes. I think the main thing about the Great Lakes is that I was lucky enough to discover surfing. Mm, you, you know, yeah. like I wasn't every aspect of surfing. I got to like discover like, oh, there's different boards, different waves. Like everything was miniaturized and kind of, mm. you know, like on the ocean when when people sort of like discovered surfing and it became mainstream in the 60s or in the 70s or the 50s or whatever. Mm -hmm big boom because it was so like you go to the beach you could wear trunks you know beach boys all of this kind of thing but the, the the sort of hardcoreness or the intensity of the gray lakes is really good at kind of keeping that down you know mm. so you'll end up hanging out with the weirdest people and mm. that's <laughs> fun you know i've yeah. been coast pretty extensively the west coast all over california and oahu and yep. you know i've talked to a lot of surfers they're a lot more surfing surfers they're a lot less just they're kind of trying to hold up this idea of like being cool you know or like mm. being a surfer or having the right board or the right brands you know and i feel like the great okay. like they kind of like they have a lot of that but I was able to find the, the people that would drive and that you could get rides mm. with, go to Lake Superior, whatever it was, were like pretty cool. Like there's this mm. aspect of like, you know, lawyers, doctors, you know, professional ex-wrestlers, uh, wow. you know, just people, just regular old people. So it's sort yeah. of like there was just more like camaraderie, whereas here mm. there's a little bit more like people kind of like don't necessarily talk as much, mm. you know? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I had Kevin Schultz on the show not long ago, and he was uh, kind of comparing that as well and telling me about, you know, sort of what a day out on the, the ocean looks like compared to his Great Lakes experience, for sure. Um, yeah. Now, you are, you started surfing at a young age, and I mean, those videos, man, like, you're ripping it. And I think what excites me about watching you knowing that you came into the sport around, you know, 13 or something, I was around 18, 19, which is a difference. Um, so seeing the skill level that you built up in those early years, you're really, you know, small guy, you're lean. Um, so physically not that challenging and you're going to take that with you the rest of your life. So I feel like you you sort of got to propel yourself forward in surfing more so than a lot of us have because we sort of discovered it when we were a bit older. Yeah, I was really lucky. I was also there for the good wetsuits, the, the good mm -hmm. surf shops. I had ding repair. I was there for the low, lower crowds and really high culture. And you still had all the old guys. So I, I felt extremely lucky and I still do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you go back home, I take it your your family is in Sheboygan, correct? Or Milwaukee or um my sister lives in Milwaukee and my parents did some moving around and now oh, they live okay. Where do they live? Connecticut. Oh, okay. So 
Wow. So you're not going back to the Great Lakes then on your visits, I take it. Um, actually, it's so weird because my, my dad kind of has this knack for moving around jobs quite a bit. Oh, okay. The last time my parents, it was in Milwaukee and I got mm. to surf. And the time before that, they were living in Muskegon and I got to oh, surf okay. Chicago. So every time I've gone, I've gotten lucky, but, but yeah, they just moved right when, when, when uh, COVID hit, they, they moved oh, to. Okay. So, nice. So how long have you been uh, in university out in California? Um, 2014, I graduated and then I took a year off and then I went to school for five years. So oh, wow. six years. Okay. So you've been, you've been away for a little bit. So when you do get back to the Great Lakes, what are some of the, the things that maybe you either forgot about or are different now, or what are some of the, the things you're coming up against? Because you mentioned that it almost sounds like when you got into surfing, it was like kind of this very special time. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what, what has changed? What's so different about it now? If, if someone were to get into it. Well, I honestly, I honestly wouldn't know because I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. Oh, okay. I can tell just through like some research that it's, it's gotten a little bit more popular, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think probably the biggest thing that I've seen and, and just researched about is the, the lake levels changing. Mm, yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, that, that's going to open up spots and kill others. But yeah. I, I honestly think the lake levels might be the biggest deal. And, and I mm -hmm. think if the Great Lakes don't get totally screwed over, you know, like there's like cadmium and stuff being dumped, mm -hmm. the South End, there's like a oil pipeline under the, the Mackinac Bridge that's, I, th I think, long overdue to be replaced. Mm -hmm. I think the, the culture itself, it just had, when I was there, it, it had surfing old people you know mm. like people that had been there since the 50s yeah and i guess it just feels like there's a little bit more high performance a little mm. bit better editing you know there's there's a podcast so it's becoming more mainstream like weird waves i went to the i actually got to go to the premiere in chicago last a time dylan graves video yeah yeah and like that was like uh that was like a mainstream event whereas wow like up until now it's been surfers on the great lakes kind of trying to get recognition yeah we did kind of get into this at a very special place in time um i guess before the boom right i still am not convinced that the boom is here mm -hmm. in, in canada anyhow um but it's definitely definitely grown no doubt about it you're right i've got this podcast going but aside from this podcast you're right, man. People are pumping out some high quality videos, films, like it is just next level. And it's literally what brought me back, man. I, I mean, really, I was just out on the West Coast like you are trying to get my surf in here and there. And I'm watching the Internet and I'm like, I can't believe what's happening back there. Like it, there's surf shops opening up on the Great Lakes. Like my first wetsuit, man, was a diving suit. Yeah. The, the first time I got my board repaired, I had to take it to a sailboat, uh, a, a sailboat shop. Yeah. And it costs like 700 bucks. Like, you know, <laughs> like just absolute craziness that 
doesn't exist today. Like you could get the board fixed for way cheaper than that now at a, at a real surf shop. So, you know, it is really cool though, man. I think I, I'm not saying like, you know, we are uh, uh, legends or anything like that, but it is pretty neat, man, to think back. Like when you're an old man, you'd be sitting there with your grandkids and you can talk about the very early days still of Great Lake surfing. I, I do think you will have that right and privilege, man, because you were there putting in the hours and carving out a place in history for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's the kind of thing where if you show up and you put in your work, you know, you're not necessarily a legend, but people will give you the time of day. They'll pitch on gas. They'll, you know, everyone's willing to tell you where all the good spots are. If you just show them some love or whatever. And it's really yeah. like being out there, like you're going to be forgotten if you know, like I, I haven't been, I don't have any authority on great lakes waves. I don't know anything about the spots anymore. I don't know anything mm. about um, people, but if I was to go back then I could just slip right back in and that's great, you know, cause that's what not... I did. So you'd be, you'd be welcomed right back because that's what I got. Yeah. There's not necessarily the kind of pecking order that you find in mm. like really localized ocean waves. I mean, there are yeah. to certain waves on the, the, the great lakes or just like the ocean. Yeah. But it's, it's like I said, it's kind of, there's always going to be spots you can go and surf by yourself. Mm. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. That's great. Well, when you were talking about, you know, folks living in California, for example, versus the Great Lakes, I mean, yeah, you brought up the fact that surfing on the east and west coast is fairly normative behavior. It's like it's like being Canadian and playing hockey or being American and playing baseball or football. It's pretty standard, nothing too out of the ordinary. Whereas, you know, people on the Great Lakes getting into their six mil wetsuits in the middle of winter and it's snowing and blowing. These people are genuinely in the best way possible, sort of uh, misfits, you know, yeah. kind of looking for what is it that fills their cup. And for so many of us, it's surfing and we can't get to the ocean. So we take the Great Lakes and it's wonderful. So I do agree with you there. And I think there's just this sense of stoke and appreciation amongst each other because for the longest time, people hadn't really thought that they'd even be able to do this. So, Yeah, I think that's that's a big aspect of it. Um, it's just the idea that you're like a lot of people um, don't know you can surf the lakes and they're on a walk one day and they're like, these waves are surfable. And it's this feeling, it's sort of like a dream, you know, mm, it's yeah. like this it doesn't seem real. And then you, you get into it and you realize that the waves are actually really good. And I think the thing that hasn't been maybe properly documented mm -hmm. on lakes is like some of the waves are, are just extremely beautiful and different mm -hmm. that like, you know, the shorter interval, the way that the wind is mm -hmm. yeah. totally different than anywhere else I've been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 like, I don't want to say, you know, that it's like mostly novelty, but there's this weird aspect to it that is like hilarious. And it, it, mm -hmm. it kind of feels like you're in, in somewhat of like a dream or you're mm. not supposed to be doing it because you're surfing off of icebergs or yeah. you're swimming in ice caves. And it's like, this doesn't, 
make sense, but we're doing it, you know? Yeah. So that's my favorite part is just that feeling that you mentioned where it's like, this isn't like, I felt really lucky that like, every, you know, everyone says this, but I, I kind of made a California surfing culture amongst my friends mm -hmm. and all this stuff in Milwaukee. And it's like, yeah. realize things that you can kind of do whatever you want to do, you know? I totally hear you, man. When I was in high school, it might as well have been Southern California, the way my mentality was. I really <laughs> was into all that. And uh, yeah, just like yourself, sort of a duck out of water or fish out of water in a way. So, and hey, you, man. Sorry, go ahead. You were saying when you were young you that, that you were pretty much by yourself with as far as the culture. You were kind of on your own. Pretty much. I got introduced by another local guy and I got my first board from him who he had gotten through uh, Paul and Dean. Um, you know, so I, I would be up there with him, you know, when he was out. But I remember he moved away fairly early into me getting into it. And I had another friend and he didn't know how to swim. So he was kind of <laughs> there sometimes, not other times. My other good buddy, but... I was pretty much the regular at that point in time. And I, I put most of my hours in by myself. Um, and yeah, man, that's why I feel like 20 years later, I'm still really learning because um, now I'm in a point where I am surfing amongst way more people than I ever have before. So now it's like I'm looking around and watching people who got into surfing like last year you know, and seeing what they're doing. And it, it's just incredible. It's blowing my mind. Um, you know, being six foot four, 210 pounds to 220 sometimes, I never thought, I never thought about shortboards. It was, you know, I'm on a longboard. That's just the way surfing is on the Great Lakes. Man, I can't believe it. Like people are rocking everything these days. People are ripping it up on shortboards. And it's really like, no limits now. Did you grow up where you are now? No, I'm living about four hours north uh, west. I grew up very close to Detroit, so about a 40 minute drive from the border. So, an, and probably about an hour or so boat ride across the lake from Toledo. So, I had Michigan on one side, Ohio on the other. Now I'm living up in a up not too far from this place called Concordon, which is a really good break up here, but I'm on Lake Huron now. Are you on like Georgian Bay or Gorgian Bay or whatever? Yeah, Georgian Bay is uh, to the east of me. So where I live in Owen Sound, I'm sort of an equal drive. I can either get to the coast of Lake Huron or I can go up on Georgian Bay. So both have their waves from different wind directions. So that's actually helped quite a bit. Because when I was living in Leamington, I really, uh, I had to rely on those southwest winds. It was pretty much the only time I got waves. Now that I'm out here, it's a little more central. So if I want to go out to Lake Ontario, hang with some buddies in Toronto, that's only a two-hour drive. Um, Lake Erie, you know, maybe three hours. So there's definitely more uh, maneuverability for me these days. Plus, man, back then... I didn't know, I didn't know anybody. I wouldn't have known where to go. Um, the internet was definitely not 
what it is today. So the internet has blown this wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a forum that I think is discontinued, but it was the like Third Coast Surf Shop forum. Mm -hmm. And that was a source for some drama. It was it was insanity. <laughs> like it's just uh, yeah, whatever you were mentioning earlier about people getting angry, there's there is some of that, man. It's oh, okay. But do you ever go to so you're southwest? So do you ever go to Lake Superior? I ha I've never been surfing on Lake Superior yet. I went to Lake Superior for the very first time this summer driving here and I took out my paddleboard. That was pretty awesome. What a majestic lake that was up in Northern Ontario. But dude, I can't wait to ride those waves up there for sure. Yeah, it's, it's different up there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, people are people are shredding on the, on the Great Lakes. Mm. I think it's still kind of set up for sort of like nose riding longer points mm. like if, if you get like a big 10 foot swell yeah you can find a waist high point you know and, and that's what i would always look for is like try to go longboarding so yep. i shied away from shortboarding but i would still do a lot of it but mm. um i think i think there's a there's a lot of really good longboard waves and there's not yep. so good shortboard waves and you'll just catch less waves on a shortboard. Yeah. So I, you know, that, that was always my thing is just longboard unless it's like insane, you know? Well, when I first got here, I went to the Concordon break for the very first time and it was still sort of summertime, uh, just coming into fall. So we weren't in, some people were in wetsuits, others weren't, I wasn't, I was in board shorts. And I remember there had to have been at least 40 people out there. And, and I, and I couldn't believe it because like I said, I'd been out with like, you know, four people at the max. Before. Yeah. So there's like 40 people out there at the break. I'm thinking, and dude, I didn't see a longboard in sight. They were all those, you know, pointed ends sticking out, but here's the thing. You're right. Not everyone was catching waves. Most people were just kind of sitting out there. Um, and the people who were riding really stood out, but I'll tell you, man, I felt like a 90 year old man sitting out there on my 10 foot longboard. Like I felt like I stood out big time. Well, you, you probably did, but that's like, that's what you, you know, that's what you, that's what you want. You know, like, I don't, I don't let that, or, or, you know, I basically people look at shortboarding as cooler, you know, or like more, mm, yeah. I just tried to nose ride and you're going to catch more waves. I mean, how much surfing is standing up, you know, it's going to yeah. increase if you ride a longer board. Um, and then, you, you know, like the thing is like when it's a big day, like a really big day, you're going to want a big board. So it's yeah. like, I've, I've always just gone cause you're going to spend a lot of time paddling. Like just, mm -hmm. I just go with a longer board, but absolutely. Yeah. It's fun to kind of skate on the water too, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, yeah. that to hear 40 people i never went to like here on or anything up there so yeah that's the most i've ever seen but this place called kincardin it's gotten a lot of attention it's got a really nice break there um really really great spot yeah honestly when i went surfing there for the first time earlier this year or last year the waves coming in man no joke i was looking at these waves and i was thinking these are some of the biggest waves I've ever seen. 
like, and even with the ocean, like I was that blown away. Like they were that significantly bigger than anything I'd ever surfed back home in Leamington. Um, just incredible, man. Yeah. So, Hey, you, you've talked a little bit about music, man. So tell me about your degree and what are you doing out there in California? I mean, music, California, come on. That's, that sounds like the dream right there, man. So I, uh, I decided I would go to school. I went, I went surfing for about a year after high school. I just surfed okay. a lot. And then I, I kind of realized my, my parents like wanted me to go to school and they were willing to pay for my college, you know? Mm, yeah. Pretty big deal. Like if, if yeah, someone that makes a difference. <laughs> so I came here and I, I went to Humboldt state university and I, my first degree was outdoor recreation. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's kind of like, I had this theory I could take people on like kayaking trips or like backpacking or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it was awful. I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't, I didn't like anything about it, you know? Really? Wow. Okay. And, th- and I had this experience. I was just wandering around and I walked into the theater on campus which turns out, you know, we have a lot of good people come through this area because people who are going from San Francisco to Portland or whatever, mm. I, I've gotten to see a lot of good music here. But um, it was the Humboldt State Calypso Band, which is a steel band, like steel pans. Okay. And I just walked in there and just had kind of blew my mind. All these people with sticks hitting metal trash cans, essentially. Oh, this is this is like amazing you know because i've always had kind of a knack for picking up different instruments which might have to do with i was forced you know sort of willingly forced into piano lessons when i was little okay and one thing led to another and i ended up joining the band and i I just realized like man i could just do this instead so i switched over to um guitar at first and the guitar professor was was just not that great and ended up actually quitting. Oh, okay. Fired. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it all kind of like fate and everything led me or whatever it was to this one group, which is the percussion department and this mm. guy, Eugene Novotny and um, Howie Kaufman. These, these just two like really like kind of, I would consider overqualified teachers for this area. Like it's just kind of, it's kind of a hard to get to place. And, you know, it's like pretty expensive to fly here. So I don't really know how they ended up here, but I ended up in this kind of situation where I realized like that, you know, I have strengths in catching waves and like I can catch, you know, a lot of waves surfing for a long time, but there's a selfish aspect to that. And it was serving me and it was fun, but I was seeing this other thing I could do, which is like, you know, using music to kind of like make myself happy and make other mm. people happy. Yeah. Kind of, I, I, I um, discovered that I'm pretty good at memorizing music, you know, okay. I'm not so good at reading it. Like I, I can read it and stuff, but mm. I'm like pretty good at memorizing it. Okay. I just did that for like three years and it was extremely fun, you know, really like perfect thing for me. It kind of kept my brain busy and, you know, like my room is full of instruments. Um, I now, did like- you say, did you say like a brass band, like big band music? 
in Trinidad and Tobago, d- down in the Caribbean. Okay. Um, in like the 60s or the 50s or something, there was all these oil uh, barrels from like whatever war or something happened where there was just all these oil barrels. And the, the people there like figured out that you can take a hammer and hammer out the, the bottom of these barrels to make uh, instruments, you know, steel okay. or uh, steel drums. People call them mm. steel drums. Yeah, yeah. And you know they like it's like a it's like a it's a modern art form the mm. the people that are still that started it are still living and I, and I got to meet mm. some like original composers because the the guy here Eugene he would go to Trinidad or did and play in those actual you know panorama competitions where it's like kind of wow. like war where it's like these bands play and everyone kind of votes on them. and it's this whole big thing oh down. like a battle like a battle yeah so he had like a really strong connection to that actual culture and not just the music so he mm. he was like an arrange or is you know he arranges music brings it here and it's the perfect kind of way to teach music because it's just sticks there's no like bending there's no like real fine motor skills and once you get into it there is and there's finesse and there's all kinds of technique but you can just you just hit it and it makes a sound you know yeah so um i'm curious because i'm a drummer that sounds like fun you would love it it's it's basically like think like orchestra it's an orchestra Mm. a steel pan orchestra basically it has it has the you know tenor it has everything a regular band would have and you, you play all kinds of music so and i had never heard of that really wow yeah let's check that out so yeah. that's what you got into so so where is that taking you how have you continued that music that's a good question well at the end of my schooling um everything went online mm. Um, which was, it's just, I, I have so much sympathy or whatever it is for all those people that are doing school online now. Like I got out right at the end and I was angry, you know, like that made me mad. But if I had 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 to continue that, I I definitely would have dropped out. I mean, I almost dropped out before I became a percussion major, but, Mm. um, I would definitely have dropped out if I had to do it online so after so you're not you're not in that space with the people feeling the music anymore it's it's a terrible thing to do so i have a steel pan i have tons of instruments and i play music every day i've been playing a lot of like synthesizer just like Mm. fiddling around but music is definitely supposed to be shared you know yeah and I try to do live streams. I try to like share tracks with friends and that's how I try to keep it going. But it's, that's, you know, whenever I get vaccinated or whenever I b- become comfortable with going back to school, I'm, I'm just going to continue with those same people, you know, Ooh, or yeah. just continue whatever I was doing with new people. You know? Yeah. So are you looking to be a music producer or a music, uh, a song, a songwriter or performer? I like performing. I mean, okay. I, consider, I consider podcast composition. I mean, this is Ooh. audio, you know, this is a uh, medium. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do want to do all of those things, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I, I do all those things. Um, but performing, I haven't performed in front of bodies for over a year, you mm, know? Yeah. 
Hey, if you got some music, um, feel free to send it to me. I can attach it to the podcast. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that for some other people too. So right on, man. So now when you are composing music or creating music, do you ever put some of that surf flavor in there? Do you have any influence from your shredding the waves? Does that go into your songwriting? It's a good question. Uh, probably on accident in some way. Um, I have an interest in recording sounds. So like one of mm. the things I really want to do, and I, I, I haven't succeeded, but I would love to record waves, you know, mm. no one's yeah. ever really that you know i mean there is a little bit but most of it's gopro sound like imagine if you could hear a high quality of inside the barrel you know like mm, i don't know yeah. it's like fun but i haven't gotten to do that um, as music wow that's a great idea i i've had this idea for a while i i can't say i've done what you're asking but i have ideas something else i want to do is um like i think you could do some really interesting stuff with syncing uh, sort of like dancing on a wave, you know, mm, which is actually yeah. a stupid song. <laughs> um, but yeah, the idea would be like, you, you, you know, like with some waterproof earphones, surf mm -hmm. to like a percussion piece percussively. Wow. No one's done that. Really. No, you need to start like an underwater orchestra, man. That's a great idea. I mean, <laughs> to people with scuba suits, actually sound travels underwater better. So it would work, you know. Right on. Yeah. Be a little tricky to uh, hit the toms underwater, but hey, might as well try. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, I was going to ask you something else about that. I'm kind of slipping my Can mind. I ask you? Yeah, man, what's up? I noticed uh, your earliest video is uh, at at Yuck Yucks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy routine. Com and I, That's I'm a right, big fan yeah. of if you uh do that still or if that was a one-time gig that was a one-time thing but that doesn't mean it ends there i had taken a course in vancouver a stand-up comedy course and so we developed our sets and then we performed them i'll tell you man i i, I can't watch that video without cringing though like when i when i performed everyone was laughing their butts off when i practiced week after week, everybody in the class told me you're one of the funniest people. Like I had a lot of confidence, but when I watched that video, I'm like, I don't really see what was so funny anymore, but so much of comedy is in the moment and it's feeling the energy in the room. Very similar to music actually. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think about it a lot. And I, yeah, stand up comedy. I absolutely love it. I I'm always writing jokes. Um, but it's just a matter of when you have enough material, putting it together and actually doing something with it. So, yeah, I do plan to be back. I appreciate that. Was my set okay? Or I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, okay. It sounded, great. I practiced it and it, it sounded like, uh, it sounded like comedy. Like you were stringing it all together and you were improvising a little bit. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of, uh, roast battle recently hosted oh. by jeff ross yeah i really like that i would love to try that out sometime that's cool yeah roasts are funny yeah that's where tom green started out i think yuck yucks Did, oh yeah that's probably right yeah 
Tom Green, one of our uh, Canadian guys. Yep. I remember watching those videos when I was in high school and he was really crazy. He'd like go into a department store and take over the intercoms and yeah. So Great Lakes surfer out in California, man, but you're only surfing like once a month, you said. Yeah, I, uh, I was going quite a bit. Um, just in general, when I was going to school and stuff, I, I would go here and there. Mm-hmm. But the thing about school, and I, I never wanted it to be this way, but it's like a full-time thing, you know? Mm, yeah. Not out of the habit of it. And um, recently not having a car and then just not having access to people that are like, you know, within the my personal quarantine. Yeah. Much. And the other thing is like, for me to get to the beach, it's like maybe like 20 minute drive. Mm. Because like if I was to go straight to the beach, um, it's just like a straight beach, you know. There's mm. there's really no waves there or, or or like no break, you know. Oh okay. But it's cool because because when I actually get the time to go and um, you know what which I do, it's it's a super beautiful beach. Yeah. And it's, like, it's kind of more like the northern Great Lakes with big rocks and stuff. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, music has taken over. I mean, I'm unhappy with the amount that I surf. But now that I'm graduated and stuff like that, I feel like it's there's definitely a lot more time for it, which is cool. But, you know, things things change and then they change again. So, yeah, that's great, man. I'm watching you here. You look passionate. You you look like you found your purpose right now, man. That's a great feeling. Hang on to that. Yeah. Harness that as long as you can. Yeah. I'm really curious to see where it takes you, dude. Um. You're reminding me of, I watched a movie not too long ago. It was called Love and Mercy. It was the story of Brian Wilson uh, from the Beach Boys. Okay, yeah. And there was a scene in there where it showed the musical genius that went into the production of Good Vibrations. And uh, I think you would appreciate that. You should look that up because there's all these different Uh, sort of random and very obscure uh, props and whatnot that he uses to create the sounds for that. It Mm -hmm. really makes you appreciate that song. I mean, that song went from being awesome for me to epic after watching that movie and just seeing the, his creative genius that went into that pretty cool stuff. What's the film called again? It's called love and mercy. Okay. I got it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll look at a whole list of movies. So yeah, man. So I know you got a pretty full plate with surfing and with music. Um, you know, you brought up some bird watching and stuff earlier, but I, I do like to ask people. You know, what other kind of things keep you stoked? It's a good question. Um, I, I'm really into visual art too. Mm. I've been really into that lately, and just kind of figuring out a way to. Um, basically like a, you know cheap mediums inexpensive ways to just get ideas out um stuff like that anything anything like that is is something i like i, I like to write i like to draw um i'm really kind of passionate and i wouldn't say necessarily stoked mm. but i think it's really important that as a species you know we take the time to kind of 
not like just think about ourselves, you know, mm. and like it's it's one of those things where like, you know, you hear the news and everything's going crazy. You know, you look outside and it's like, well, it looks like a normal day, you know, and it's like, you know, I haven't gotten sick. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And I think it's kind of up to all of us to actually go out into the world and like try to make it a better place, you know, mm, I and, agree. Like, environmentally, like I'm kind of bothered by just like the wildfires the like i you know i'm i i moved out here thinking it would be this pristine redwood area mm, yeah pretty gone like there is substantial wow. trees but it's like 98 percent gone and that's kind of wow. sad yeah and i've spent a lot of time just like driving around like uh, when i was young my parents let me go on some drives like i drove to the east coast or sorry west coast twice wow. and to realize like if you go out in the middle of nowhere it's still just cows and wind farms and oil refineries mm -hmm. and like i don't know I, I i guess that's something that i feel like maybe is something that i kind of want to get into is figuring out a way maybe through music or whatever it is but just kind of like getting people to realize that these things are actually happening you know yeah like let's just say hypothetically that the, the overdue pipeline under the Mackinac bridge broke, you know, mm -hmm. that would be like kind of a problem for surfing and it would yeah. be detrimental. So like, I feel like that's something that I kind of want to work into my art and just like, you know, figure out a way to like get that message across to people, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever I just said. <laughs> There's a lot of people asleep at the wheel, man. So yeah. it's great to hear you. You have that drive and motivation to, Get the message out there i think it's more important than ever um over the weekend it was easter weekend and i was at my aunt's house and she uh doesn't recycle and she was you know i'm thinking like wow who doesn't recycle but she does doesn't recycle and she was throwing her bottle in the garbage and meanwhile the whole weekend she'd been talking about her her grandson and so i said you know you're not recycling like are you really thinking about your grandson are you really thinking about the future you know in those little decisions um it's so out of sight out of mind for so many people but we're definitely at a sort of a, a threshold now where people are waking up and realizing we can't continue this way um we're just going to use everything up it's not going to be left yeah, and it, it, it sort of feels like it's too late, you know, and like I sympathize with your grandma, like I understand that mentality, like even the platforms that podcasts are on, central heating, you know, mm, yeah. engines, like all this stuff that everyone uses, you know, my whole room is synthetic, our clothing is toxic, like these things, yeah. are, it's so systemic that it's You're almost, right. what I like to do is like kind of thought experiment, like mm. what if recycling isn't working, if the billboards aren't working, like, what is it that, cause there's gotta be something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, maybe it's music, maybe it's comedy, maybe it's, uh, innovation of technology. Yep. Just, you know, that's like a, it's kind of like, if you're a problem solver, there's gotta be something that can be done. Cause the alternative is kind of grim that there's nothing you can do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure.
You're right. Art is art plays a role in this stuff. You're gonna like some upcoming interviews I have. I have a few interviews. Um, one's with the guy, the president of uh, Swim Drink Fish Canada. I do another one with a uh, Lily Woodbury from Surfrider. And some of the things that I dissected from what they were saying to me was, first of all, in order for people to take an interest in the environment, they have to have an investment in it. So they have to be connected to it. And that's what's great about surfing, you'll notice, is that people who surf typically become very environmentally minded as well um, because they care. If they don't have the, that lake, their passion's over. So they, because of that connection, it drives them to preserve that. So that's sort of like step one. Um, and then when I talk to Lily, she really brings it home about the fact that um, kind of like what you were saying, like industry plays such a big part and we've taken on this responsibility, but there's so much going on all the time, like you're saying, just in this very room um, yeah. that what are we doing about that? And we're all just kind of playing into it by being in our rooms right now, by doing these things. So how can we stand out in those things that we're doing and maybe minimize the effects of them? It's all a good, good, good thought, man. Good stuff to think about. I don't know the answer either. If the truth is said, so it is to be understood, it will be believed. Okay. You, that one was over my head, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it you know, it's like uh, like Tom Green, you know, he's this crazy mm. guy, right? Yeah. Got this modern like take on reality where he just he just goes around and lives in a van. I'm not sure if you've seen these videos or not. I didn't know he's doing that recently, no. And he's going to all these places that like a lot of people haven't heard of. Mm. And in the comments, they're like you're exposing this spot, you know, and it's like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, this is literally, if you, you know, look up a lot of these spots, there's laws in place to like the, the tiny border. They're going to put it over now. And all these places I could list, they're trying to get rid of. So maybe the publicizing of, you know, national parks, BLM land or Great mm -hmm. Lakes surf spots, maybe it's kind of like, Maybe there's an aspect of it that actually is helping a lot. You know, people get out there and they realize, oh, this is worth saving, you know? Yeah. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. That that makes a lot of sense, man, for sure. So, dude, you are, man, you're a really insightful, smart guy, surfer, musician, lots going on in that head of yours, man. I'm real curious. You brought up a few things. What are you reading or watching um, or listening to these days? Um, well, I really like stand-up comedy. Um, I, I honestly believe that I'm more set up for music, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, like, I, I listen to a lot. I was just listening to Bill Hicks. I love Bill Hicks. Okay. Um. Uh, I listened to, there's a podcast, Comes a Time. It's like a Grateful Dead kind of, it's with O'Teal, this guy, and this guy, Mike, stand-up uh, stand comedian. Okay. The basis for Dead & Co. They have they have some good uh, sort of modern podcasts. 
Break this down for me. You brought up the, the Grateful Dead. I hope I don't take any flack for this. What is the appeal with the Grateful Dead? I've tried listening to their music. You know, none of the songs I've heard, like if I listen to their greatest hits album, I mean, these are not really songs that you're hearing on classic rock stations. So I feel like they are a bit obscure and outside of the traditional realm of that era of music. So what is the deal with the Grateful Dead? They seem to have this cult following. Well, that question is is a lot of podcasts worth of material. Really? Okay. I don't claim to be an expert or, or have the data, but the Grateful Dead are basically, or were, because, well, here's the thing, you know, it's like the Grateful Dead. I mean, this is the thing. It's like, it's it's a whole bunch of stuff, you know? But the Grateful Dead, the actual word, it's like an old folktale. Mm, okay. There's Buddhist, you know, kind of like Zen interpretations of it too. But this folktale is the idea that a guy finds a dead guy and he buries him. And, and, and then he's grateful. Like he is eternally grateful. Maybe he like grants him a wish or something. It's like some kind of folktale, you know? So that's, okay. the, that's the history of it. And the Grateful Dead in many ways are dead. I mean, they are, you know, like Jerry Garcia was a musician and he was kind of a philosopher, but he was sort of like, in some ways, almost a cult leader. And he didn't want mm. that and ended up mm. in, in the end being his demise, you know, is okay. that he basically had all this pressure. People were like, Jerry is God and all of this, uh. but they aren't necessarily dead because there is modern touring, which is kind of a strange phenomenon. I don't know if I support it, but in the end, you know, like I'm sure Jerry's grateful because they're singing his songs and all of this and he is yeah. dead. But what it really is, is it's the resurgence of an ancient sort of psychedelic uh, ritual kind of cult of like nomadism mm. and free economy. And it's hard to get an image of what it is because it's not like we aren't seeing it. Like when you play a greatest hits, that's what you're getting. Yeah. They equate to the studio very well. What, what they're all about and what I'm all about too, live improvisation. Bill Hicks says your routine is what you do when you have nothing to say, right? So it's this idea where we're going to go on stage and instead of just sending the routine every time the same and being like, I'm a comedian, you know, what they're going to do is we're going to play it fast tonight. We're going to play it this way, but they don't ever talk about it. So they would just get on stage and just play. And like maybe one person would be in charge of the like what songs next. Okay. So the live show. Mm. And my, my best recommendation would be listen to a live show but it's kind of hard to understand and i i would say just in the position i'm in i feel like i've been lucky to get a little bit of a glimpse at what it is okay but it's 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 like a, like i don't know if you've heard of the, the the rainbow gatherings have you ever heard of that no don't know what that is the rainbow gatherings are a bunch of people throughout the world all over the world they do it and it's supposed to be a Hopi prophecy where at the end of the world, when all these things happen that are happening now, mm -hmm. this group of people from all walks of life and all different colors and stuff will, will come together and peacefully assemble, basically. Yep. And I think that's the extension of the Grateful Dead philosophy. Mm -hmm. 
So that's kind of a modern version of it. It's just people going into national park land that, you know, humans own. It's like it's owned by the public. And it gets bad. You know, there's a lot of like, if you look at the Grateful Dead culture, a lot of it's kind of, there's a lot of drug use. There's a well, lot. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, the, what comes to mind is all the little teddy bears and basically like doing mushrooms and having some kind of psychedelic experience. Right. But what you're telling me is really outside of that. You're telling me some very attractive philosophies that I already buy into mostly. So um, it sounds like that, the what's underneath the music is really where, where it's at with them. Well, and like you said, people focus on the drugs, but mm -hmm. it's underneath the drugs. And what it is, is that music, you know, like, you know, I, I, I'll end up getting on all these tangents, but like I have a, someone's PhD over here. It's like, there's very little science on it, but music puts your brain into a different resonance, literally not, not like figuratively, like some mumbo jumbo, like, Oh, you know, like music makes you high, but it literally is the way that people practiced religion for thousands of years mm. is they would get together, they would freak out on music over a fire or the full moon or whatever it is and the grateful dead. And then a lot of those people a long time ago, people aren't supposed to be in one spot. Mm. A lot of people go crazy when they're stuck in one spot and it feels good to like move. And like, basically what happened is human beings got a surplus of food and they're like, we should stay here all, all winter this year. And then you have a surplus of food. You got to defend it. You have class system. Now you have weapons. So like, it was this idea of like, we're just going to move around, you know, <laughs> nomadic and, ceremonial. I love it. Yeah. And like to, to, to bring it all back around, that's what I like about surfing is that mm -hmm. you can just, you can just go. I mean, like I said, I had this crazy month or two where my, my dad and I like, and, and he actually has logs of all of our surf trips, but I surfed like, I think I want to say like 50 days in a row, 60 days in a wow. row. We are just driving. <laughs> you know i i surf green bay <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it feels good to just keep going and i feel like modern day it's really hard to do that you know it's really yeah. mm -hmm. so it's kind of a nostalgia thing and i i hope it is a, you know hope hope that it comes back some way we could go off in tangents man i've been having a lot of thoughts lately about how you know why do we work so much and basically it's like we've created the demand for us to work so much. It's like, what if we just needed less? Then wouldn't we have more time to chill and just really enjoy this whole thing called life? I'm just really, I don't know. I'm at a point in my life where I'm really, it's like, okay, I still got a lot of this left. What do I want to do differently? Because some of this ain't working, you know? Yeah. Well, um, Humboldt County is really, really good for just growing all kinds of plants. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I didn't anticipate moving here was like organic farming. I think it's the mm -hmm. largest, uh, largest farmer's market is in Arcata in California. Wow. And so I kind of like got kind of just, so just found myself here and I, and you know, there's all these great resources and I got um, employed by, by someone to farm strawberries. Mm -hmm. Yep kind of like found myself every summer just like 
biking out to this property or getting a ride and just picking strawberries for hours on end. And it's like, we're all looking for this solution, you know, and it's like work, 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 money, money. But, but if you farm strawberries, the work is the strawberries, you know, mm-hmm. or, or that is the payoff. You're seeing the work directly in your hand, you know, Yeah. like I can pick this row in this amount of time. And it's like your brain starts working like sort of in a different pathway. Whereas, you know, it's like, if I heard someone say this recently, if you have a Kindle, you know, you have the whole work of Shakespeare on there, right? But if you have a book, it's like you can feel it, you can open it and close it, and that's it, you know? So yeah. that's what I've learned is like what we need is food, quality food, shelter, good water, clean air. Those are really, really hard to find. Mm. It's surprising. Yeah. Everyone's overlooking the main things that we need. And those and- are the basics, yeah basic so i'm trying to that's my goal and it's not necessarily working but that's yeah. i'm trying to go you know get back the basics i love it right there <laughs> all right man well hey one day you and me we, we're gonna have to go on like a uh, uh nomadic hippie camping trip yeah i mean i'm i'm trying to get a car like within the next month and or next couple weeks and um i plan to definitely drive out to see my parents and i'll, I'll stop through for sure that'd be cool i tried it i've got a passport so i come through have you uh, been to canada before i think i drove through it when i was too young to remember but no oh you gotta yeah you gotta get over here in canada well i don't think our border's quite open yet but maybe by the time you get the car and There'll be more vaccines uh, rolled out by then. Yeah, I man, I'd love to see you over here. We can go uh, surf in the Great White North, which really isn't any further north than you're used to, actually. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, you know, I probably won't see you in the next year, but if I do, that'll be great. But I think it's really cool that you've taken it upon yourself to document the surf culture and just, you know, it's a really interesting community. So thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I had, I interviewed uh, Aquadoc recently and not really talking to him, you know, someone who really is an icon in this culture and for him to sort of commend me for doing this. And he uh, welcomed me into the Great Lakes Surfing Association for what I'm doing and, you know, made me an honorary member in this and that. So I was just, I mean, you know, some people might not think that means anything, but to me, that was a really big deal. That was really cool to sort of receive his blessing. Yeah. And um, to know that this is a contribution and for to hear you to have found this on YouTube and to have had such an impact to hear people's stories. Now your story is going to be shared. It's sort of showing me how, more important this is than I even realized when I started it. You know, when I started it, this was a a promotional tool, a way for me to, you know, promote the brand I was trying to, I'm trying to create and and whatnot, but it very early into doing this podcast, it sort of became about the podcast for me. It's sort of taken on a life of its own because you're right. It's a, it's a living record of history yeah yeah and which you're a part of man and i thank you for being a part of that and dude thank you so much blake for coming on the show
for being such a, a great supporter of the show. And uh, I'm stoked that you're going to spread the good word out in California, man. Well, thank you, Derek. I'm stoked that you're stoked and stay stoked. And <laughs> I'll keep stoking the stoke flame over here. Nice, man. You're starting to sound like you're the host of this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So despite everything you just said to me, I'm going to say to you, dude, Blake Meisinger, stay stoked, bro. Shoots! for episode number 42 of Permastoked. I hope you enjoyed listening or watching that one. Again, a big mahalo to Blake Meisinger for hanging out with us and, and sharing his take on surfing the Great Lakes and all the other passions he has, such as music. Anyhow, be sure to check out When the Waves Call. It's available on Vimeo at www.vimeo.com slash 849 two three three four two that's www.vimeo.com slash eight four nine two three three four two for when the waves call peace give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasagas. For more information visit www.wasagas.com. But of course mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. Don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please let us know how we're doing by leaving us a rating and review. And don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoked, events, our surf, sup, and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're part of the surf or sup industry, or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sub Club. If you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup, or yoga, you'd like to carry our products in your store, if you or your company are interested in being a sponsor of the show, discussing an ambassadorship or a bro deal, and for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. 
That's Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com, D-E-R-I-K. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.